Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Shoes. Recorded live. This is the DSR Fire Inc. 71.3 Network CEO King Spade every other week starting on Sunday at 8.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Eastern. We have DSR Presents Full Purpose Pens with your host, Mr. Boston at call ID 
rap. But if it's you, bitch, wear it. I become a freak of nature, all the kids stare. We walk around bumping raw with the shit blaring, saying fuck school and dropping out like a miscarriage. I'm embarrassed, and I'm ashamed I played a part in this devilish game, making your common sense parrot. But I ain't taking the full blame, cause most of you chucks running around here ain't never had strict parents. Only your brain cells rotten from weed. Feeling like if you ain't got it, life's not as complete. You having sex with every motherfucking body you see. With a past so dark, you're saying to jump out of the seat. We send you out in these streets, thinking you hot as your feet. Without the knowledge to leave. Think you just follow the sheep Making sure your name swag is all polished and clean While your favorite rappers like, yeah, you got it from me You been brainwashed, pop, fake life that you used to live in When I say the word fun, what do you envision? Molly drinking and smoking out with you and Killing with foolish women, you kind of bang, bumping new additions Is that all you think life really is? Well, that's so, then you're a fucking idiot I honestly feel like grabbing your head and hitting it Matter of fact, you don't even deserve a brain Give me it! Do you even have any gold? Aside from bagging these hoes and packing the phone with let me guess, no, you're only in school because your parents make you know, and all you do is play beer pong and hang out with your bros. Yo, society's got you living for a black cause, you a fucking adult with no skills at all. You don't read any books or play ball, you don't draw, you really do nothing at all. Still you pay for the glamorous truth you don't have because you got a lot of rappers and dudes, and all they say is I got money in a stack to the roof, and now you think that it's going to magically just happen to you? Pow, your lazy ass don't commit to labor, you pick something up, try it out, and put it down. Two minutes later, and you complain about your life because it ain't getting catered. Now, whoever tries to call you on your bullshit, say, hey, you want to succeed, you have to try. I wonder that you'll get older and regret it all because you can't provide. Your friends are low life, don't act surprised. Look, just cut the bad food off of the tree, make the sacrifice. Girl, stop acting like you want a guy with a face like Romeo. Bitch, that's a fucking lie. You always talk about how every man's face, and you can't take it, and you want something real. Shut up, tramp, save it. Twice a week, you put on your makeup and damn bracelets and head to the club half naked with your ass shaking. Pulling the low life nigga who play the cash make it till you let him hit find out he work at the gas station. One of the niggas got you pregnant and you can't raise it. But you caused it. Your actions made a fat statement. You want Romeo to knack patient. And stop flirting like you in the club, posted in the back waiting. It's the club. Forgot to know the new persona. After they get loaded with a few coronas, say I was shouting wild out with habits the very few you don't have been look for beautiful famous bitches like you the phone. Then when they leave you, you cry and cry. Talking about, oh my god, I can't find a guy. I've been so
power is hard when I'm rolling out with your tongue. The man is love is my guide. You know the power is strong. All you minutes and freaks are only in it for cheese. And the man's controlling it with reach. Fuck hip hop. They only in it for cheese. And any eyewitness can see. They purposely making the innocent weak. My existence on this planet's for you. I ain't only here to benefit me. Yeah, we need to make a change while there's still time. It is hard. There's sometimes I struggle trying to reveal mine. I can guide you if you feel blind. I just need you to be willing to journey into my ill mind. pregnant in jail, I thought I was going to have a baby and the baby would never be with me, but I was acquitted a month and three days before Tupac was born. I was real happy because I had a son. When I was young, my mama had peaks and a Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place Spending from school, scared to go home I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules Dead tears with my baby sister Over the years, we was poor and another little kid And even though we had different daddies The same drama when things were wrong, we blamed Mama, I reminisce on the stress I caused It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell Elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a whoop into my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was the black queen. Mama, I finally understand, for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed. A poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it. There's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it There was nobody tell us it was fair No love for my daddy cause the cowboy wasn't there He passed away and I didn't cry Cause my anger let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong in the office But all along I was looking for a father He was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out started really hanging I needed money of my own So I started slanging I ain't guilty cause even though I sell rocks It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent with the rent the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate You're just working with the scraps you was giving And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone You're trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back but my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it And dear mama Happy, there's no limit to the things you need. 
And all my childhood memories I'm full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me There are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret Always stays real And I appreciate how you raised me And all the extra love that you gave me I wish I could take the pain away If you can make it through the night There's a brighter day Everything will be alright if you hold on It's a struggle every day Gotta roll on There's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it Me. Am I weak or full? 
powers that be gave me poetic ability to feed, emit, admit unlimited script. Do I pause too often? Dulling my skill like unused blade, or do I relearn, absorb, heightening my mental ability? Encyclopedias, dictionaries, dimensions unlock when I click. Infinite search, lyrical master spans weighing down my brain. Doubt like a virus as it remains. Am I insane or eccentric? Feel a sense of a little resentment. Apocalypse now, but the flames don't scorch my flesh. Don't know if they're from me or someone else. Every sound light around me fades, yet I still can breathe. Walk to the dark like looking for a switch. Ponder your life while emotion, the light comes back. You whack the edge of a cliff. Does your life enter? Is it only the beginning? And that's always on DSR all damn day. Kane Spade in peace. Thanks for listening to that opening piece right there by yours truly. You know, again, the title of that piece is called Am I Talking to Myself? You know, that goes with the subject matter. You know, again, that question is, what was your first thought that put you on the road to writing? You know, concerning yourself as a published author, concerning yourself as a writer of uh, fictional stories, uh, you know, uh, poetry itself. I mean, whatever you're into as far as writing. You know, now shows can be about, like, just poetry all the time, but poetry is always welcome. If you feel like you want to rap or sing, you're welcome to do so. You know? That's how we're going to keep going on this show here. And uh, we're going to start screening some calls. So, uh, yeah, there's no need for no star aid. We're just going to go down the list. And I see, uh look like it's... Uh, First callers in the building, and who we got from Texas? All right. Well, we gonna keep it moving here. I want to say again, the subject matter is: What was your first thought before you began to write? Your first thought. So, without further ado, what we gonna do is we gonna take. A music break. We got the Phantom DJ in the building. We gonna keep stuff moving here. We got a perfect type of track to go with the subject matter. You know, again, what was your first thought that triggered your path to writing? I mean, damn, that's just really something to think about. I gotta think about. What was my own first thought? (laughs) You know, until then, I'm going to hand it over to Eminem. That track, Lose Yourself, one of my favorite tracks. Let's go. Phantom DJ.
opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture Just let it slip. Yo. His arms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop arms. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's joking how? Everybody's joking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over. Loud. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up that. He knows he won't have it. He knows it's all back to be broke. It don't matter. He's broke. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home. That's when it's back to the lab again, yo. It's all back to the better go past this moment and hope it don't do it. Somebody's paying the 
back on. This is your host, the DSR CEO, Kane Spade. You are tuned into DSR Presents Oh Shit, Firing Tuesday. Yeah, we're going to keep it moving here. And uh, I'm going to say this again for those who just tuned in. You know, we got a subject matter type of question going down on the show today. And that question is, what was your first thought when you first began writing on the path you're on now? You know, this is targeting writers who uh, write uh, short stories, fictional stories, of course, poets. You know, I want to know, where was your mind at when you first started writing whatever it is you started to write? So that's the subject of this show. For the moment, I will be asking uh, different questions during the show just to keep y'all on y'all toes, you know, so that's what's going down. And before uh, we bring in another caller, I'm reciting another piece. You know, just to keep myself on my toes, <laughs> I got to brush up on my skills. Let's see here. I'm bring up this other piece right here to try to, you know, stimulate your minds and whatnot. The title of this piece is called The Blank Page. Here we go. I sit here. Looking at a blank page, realizing as a writer there are so many paths to take, to feed, to absorb, but where should I go or where should I take you? It seems like I keep talking about the same old thing, thinking what has life have to offer me or what do I have to offer life? After hearing this or reading this, many of you either hit the stop button, turn the page, said to hell with this guy. Someone already said this before, but in life, everything that was said in the present was already said years ago. It will be said in the future. It doesn't matter what language it was. So how can I come up with something new? More importantly, who are you? Rather, who am I to question you? Ponder my existence. Science says I'm an organism, blood, flesh, bone, skin, organs. I am human. I am a man. We live, we die, we reproduce. Is this all we do? <laughs> Maybe I have too many questions However, I think when I don't have any more questions That could be the time to fear Where do I go from here? My fate tied to one world One country, one state, one city So why should I ponder so many thoughts So many questions Am I crazy? Could be <laughs> Is the life I have now all there is Or am I wasting time thinking I know there is more than this As reality presents there's always more than everything anyone could possibly know. I wonder, did I take you somewhere just now, or did you take me? Fill the page. DSR. All damn day. King Spade. In peace. I'd like to thank all those who are tuned in. I see you on the chat room. <laughs> yeah, we got all these people tuned in through the chat room. And uh, shout out to Mama. O, a.k.a. Mother Wit on the line. And again, that subject matter, the question of the day on old Shit Firing Tuesday is, what was your first thought on your path 
to writing, no matter if it was uh, poetry, if it was writing short stories on real-life situations or fictional stories. You know, we can go to the sci-fi. It don't matter with me, but I want to see where was your mind at at that moment. Yeah. So we're going to go to Mama O. Let's see what Mama O got going on. Mama O, welcome to DSR's old shit firing Tuesday. Yes, yes, yes. I'm on my phone. My phone is hot. I'm trying to listen in. All my computers have broke down. They're in the shop. I got a little pad and this little hot phone trying to deal with it. So I ain't going to be able to give no poetry tonight, but I will tell you about my first adventure with writing. Um, my first adventure with writing Brother King's Spade was when I was a little girl and I got interested in listening to the tales that um, they used to tell around the campfire, like when black folks was um, post-slavery and pre-slavery. So a lot of those tales was depicted in poetry and stories by Paul Owens Dunbar, and um, I speak highly of him because he spoke in dialect, which was the way that a lot of our people who had not had a chance to go to school and get an education basically invented our own language and used the English language in that way. So I became like a master of dialect uh, through Paulo and Sambar, and I wrote a lot of my poems and little stories in dialect. And so I think uh, that was one of my favorite uh, poems, um, I mean poets and poems by Paulo and Sambar called The Party which was like six pages long, and I could recite the whole thing um, by the age of eight years old and speak in dialect and understand it. (laughs) So he was my light, and I think he was a light for a lot of other writers like um, Maya Angelou and Langston Hughes and many others because he was one of the first, and he was very versatile. He also wrote plays, and a lot of people didn't know that. And he was also the first black poet laureate of the United States. And he was the first son of free slaves. So um, not being a highly educated man, he was just naturally smart. Uh, he was an elevator operator. And he died at the age of 33 years old. Which means he accomplished a lot of stuff uh, in his little short life. Uh, he wrote plays, uh, poems, prose, and short stories. And um, that, I think, is a phenomenal man that encouraged me to do uh, what I do today and have the love of poetry that I have today. So that was my inspiration. Wow, wow. Well, Mama O, I want to first thank you for sharing a piece of your life on the DSR mic tonight. And, uh, wow, I mean, you, uh, I don't know, you just took us back into a moment in your past to share what was going on. I mean, wow, it was Shout out to your inspirational uh, deity, I say, you know. Did you say his name was Paul? Paul Lawrence Dunbar, and I have a page for him. It's called More About Paul. So if you go to Facebook and put in More About Paul, you'll find a lot of information there um, about him, and you can do research and dig further because that's why I have the page there. And I really thank you for this topic because, it gives me a chance to promote him. He was one of our first and one of our greatest, and I don't think there's too many people that can top him. 
black or white. You know, all you have to do is respect him and maybe learn some of the uh, the words that we were using back then. I'm sure we all have grandparents that still say it, cheering and, and ewans and with all this different kind of talk. We we made up our own language. And today we still use parts of that language, even when we talk today. So, you know, it's very important to know Paul Lawrence Dunbar, especially as a black poet. Right, right. Well, Mama, oh, I'm going to say this. You uh, you put my own backstory to shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm 68 years old, so, I, 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 you know, I got a little mileage on me. <laughs> so you'll get, you, you'll get down with it. Once you study Paul, you'll be, like, right there on the same page with me. So just study Paul. That's all I ask. Uh, he was my encouragement. And uh, one day I'll do the, the the poem for you called The Party. I think I might have did it for you before. I either I did when Melinda sings, but um, I'll do it for you one day when I'm in a better, um, I have a better chance to get on a computer. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, you already know, Mamo, you always welcome to do your poetry, no matter what genre you want to go into, whatever you feel that's on your heart. I mean, we welcome you here on DSR. And I love you for that, and thank you. You know, um, another inspiration of mine, too, going the whole opposite direction, as you know, is like Rudy Ray Moore and Miles May. So <laughs> that's taking it all the way to an old different side of the uh, street now. But, uh, you know, I did that one about you that I copied off of uh, uh, my muse, Rudy Ray Moore. Um, was one of, uh, so he's one of my favorites, too. And, uh, I mean, they nasty, him and Miles, maybe. But, uh, hey, you know, we we got to be versatile in this thing. You know, we can be intellectually uh, endowed, or we can go the other way and just talk crap. You got to be able to talk crap good when you live in the hood, too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you said a mouthful right there, Mama O. And, uh, Oh, yeah, and I definitely remember that piece you talking about, that Rudy Ray Moore. I mean, yeah, you went in on that piece, that dedication. That was, uh, you know, I had to copy and paste that piece just to, so I can uh, read it whenever I need to. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was fun. You're a great guy, um, you know, Kate Spade. You, uh, you make it happen even when it ain't happening, so you just keep doing your thing. You know, keep on stirring the fire, stoking the fire until the blaze blaze on up. Hey, that's what we got to do here. Thanks for your inspiration and your support, Mama O. Welcome. All right, I'm going to put you back down, Mama O, if you can stick around. You know, and if you, uh, you know, if you have a feel for uh, doing some poetry tonight, I mean, you know, I'll just bring you back in. Yeah, well, everything's running hot, and I don't have any computer. I just got these little devices, and they're running hot, and they skipping all around doing all kind of crazy stuff. Like I tried to get in talk to you and leave you a comment to tell you what was going on. I don't even know if you saw the comment. So I'm just I'm just going to chill for the night, but uh, next Tuesday uh, my stuff should be up and running, or one of your shows during the week later on. Um, hit me up and remind me, and I'll be there because I get my computer back tomorrow. All right, no problem. Thanks again for on that. All right. All right. All right, people, that was Mama O, a.k.a. Gangsta Granny, a.k.a. Mama of Poetry in the building, doing her thing. 
you know, giving me some inspiration. You know, I needed that right there. You know, and I'll still say her backstory puts mine to shame. I'm, I was going to share mine, but damn, I don't want to say nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking like, man, I might have to change some words in my backstory. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Right now, we're going to go to another music break. When we come back, we're going to bring some more of that subject matter, that question. I'm going to just say it again after the music break. You know, let's do our thing here. Phantom DJ. Welcome. Uh, but this, 
golf balls through the window? It's not going to fly, all right? That happens once and it doesn't happen again. Understand what I'm saying? Sorry, dog. Okay? just want to clear that up because I'm a big fan. I love your music. Enjoy the whole, you know, I love that whole thing. All right, good. Listen, uh, if you have one of your crazy uh, house party things, shout me a holler down. Sister Notorious, see everything still glorious. We still got the warriors, still be the victorious. It's a lot of them, but it's more of us. Still got cash to blow, rap to flow, still them cats to know, pack to flow, that's the show. Bottles to pop, joints to rock, play the background, hand them a shot, hold them a clock, money to get, cars to flip, bars to sit at and sip, cognac, but choose the trick, hold the seat, make sure they know when it's me. Drop that beat, can't believe it. Bad boy to the casket truck. Gotta love it. Place nothing above it. It's going like that. Don't believe we ain't going like that. We're always going to be here. We there. Every motherfucker's here. in the building, 
So I'm going to add my own answer to my own question. Basically, my first thought on my own writer's path was uh, just feeding off other writers. You know, I never really had a mentor. I never had anybody to really look up to. I had to just keep finding my place in this uh, thing we call a writer's world. You know, uh, when I first began to uh, think about writing, I was just on these websites looking at other poets, like I told people when, uh, when I'm usually featured on other radio networks, because, I mean, it's the truth. You know, I never knew where I was going. I never really thought about being a poet. I never knew I was going to have my own radio network. And I never knew I was going to be writing poetry and people was even going to give me any feedback. You know, it took me a while to develop my own type of style get it down in poetry, I kept reading all these other authors, and the authors was like a bunch of different people of all races, I mean, white, black, Asian, Chinese, Japanese, there was so many different type of people writing poetry, and I'm reading about what their, uh, what their thoughts are, I mean, a lot of it is, uh, it can be real life, a lot of it was fiction, a lot of them, like, just playing around in poetry, not being realistic at all. They're like, uh, they had a lot of creativity, though. And that's what, you know, enthused me to take up on it. You know, I started writing stories. Uh, some stories was, like, based on my own life, and then I had a few twists and turns I added on myself. Just thinking, like, where am I going to go with this? I mean, I have a few uh, science fiction-type stories that mess with people. They kept asking me, uh, is this really happening to you? Was this uh, something you really experienced? Did you see this happen to somebody else? I had them thinking. And that had me thinking, like, wow, they really responded to the stuff I wrote here. So, I mean, that began my own writer's path. And I was thinking, like, wow, well, writing this, uh, I don't even think it was poetry yet. It might have been just a uh, short story. And that triggered something. It's like, like man, maybe I can, uh, I can turn this into something. Maybe this is worth, is worth talking about, worth for uh, other people to start reading about it. And I don't even think I even had the name Kane Spade yet. I think I went by the name Mr. D. Spade or something like that. I couldn't even find my name yet. I was still going through something, trying to figure out where was I going. Anyway, I had, like, different personas on this site. It was like one persona was dark. Another persona might have been a little ghetto. Then the Mr. D. Spade was like a intellectual type of persona. That was my first one. Anyway, I kept writing these three zones, trying to figure out how I can mash them all together to just be one person. 
That's what it is. Many people probably don't even know the true death of my persona. Like they hear one thing, and they just think they know what to expect. And I don't know. I like to change up my style. Other than that, I'm going to give you all another piece. And uh, the title of this piece is called I Know About the Devil. We're going to get a little spiritual up in here. Again, the title of this piece is called I Know About the Devil. And this piece is the first piece ever performed before a live audience. It goes like this. I think I know what you start to ponder when I start to recite this. Got you thinking I haven't heard Cain get that spiritual. However, the devil is always with you, not trying to scare you as he waits for you to slip. Doesn't matter if the sin is big or small, fight, bloodshed, raid, or brawl. The devil rubs his hands together, walking tall. As you fall, your path, your call. God the overseer, full inspiration, high hopes for mankind, anticipation. Free will, the best gift ever given until the devil again catches us falling, slipping. Need to stop all sin dipping. Jealousy, gluttony, greed, vanity, pride, envy, and lust at seven. Deadly sins that get your life crushed. The devil appears in many forms. Tainted friends, a woman scorn. Bank robs the drug dealers, hiding your itch. Dirty cops, the politicians, witches, witch. Abuses, fathers, the mothers. Sons, the mothers, daughters, the fathers, inside lovers. Gay sex, all the dirty mess under the covers. Devil worshippers and pentagram black book instigators, you're still a sinner. Being friends with the devil doesn't make you a winner. Got you the same fate as a psycho serial killer. Sinners, there are many kinds. Bank reps who close your account for a percentage. A boss who uses sexual harassment to tip you with a raise. The welfare office rep claims I can't help you saying you don't qualify just because they don't feel like doing their job. The college dean who changes their mind once they find out you are a young mother or father. The list goes on. But as you continue to do the wrong you do, karma will get at you with the devil granting his chance to pursue you. And that's always on DSR all damn day in peace. Yeah, that's something to think about right there, people. You know, I mean, that piece kind of challenged me, too. You know, I don't write too many spiritual pieces. I I notice the more you write in different genres, the more you strafing yourself as a writer, as a poet, you know, writing about uh, spiritual, spirituality, Writing about uh, conscious pieces, I mean, conscious pieces is, uh, I'm not going to say an easy subject, but it's, I say it's easy to feed off of. There's so much stuff going on in the world, I mean, the negative is an easy thing to feed off of. I mean, if you want to feed off the negative and then come up with something negative, you know, eventually you won't get to the positive. 
consciousness can be easy as long as you know where you're going with it. Not saying I'm an expert, but the consciousness is something that I like to delve into. Other than that, we're going to keep it moving. I'd like to thank those who are hanging on and still listening and supporting this show. This is, again, DSR Presents. Oh, shit. Firing Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, the name by itself will uh, enthuse you to, uh, you know, a little excitement, a little energy within your being. You know, I don't know why I like that damn name. <laughs> this cracks me up. <laughs> well, we going to keep it moving here because I got plenty of music to come up. And uh surprise you here, because I've got a nice, uh, nice little playlist for those who uh, heard these tracks before. This probably will shock you. You probably ain't heard this track in a long while. And uh, I will be playing tracks of all genres, uh, music, not just hip-hop. You know, we got to switch the style up. So I'm prepared for another track. I'm going to see, uh, I don't know what Phantom DJ is doing there, man. You eat a slice of pizza back there, man? I don't know what you're doing, man. You got more tracks for the audience, right? Yeah, I mean, the buffalo wings are mine, I know. Shit, that's my stash. Get the hell out of my stash, man. What's wrong with you? Work for me, man. <laughs> Anyway, let's go to that next track. Next track will be uh, Gorillas. They're going to go Clint Eastwood on everybody. So let's go. Phantom DJ. Psychic among those that you would want, yo. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag of useless, but not for long the future is coming on. It's 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 coming on
that puts you on your writer's path for today, you know, what triggered that and whatnot. Now we're going to another portion of the show, and uh, my next question is going to be this. As far as, yeah, let's go to politics. You know, you already know what's going on with the uh, who's trying to run for what and all that, you know, bullshit. And I do got a track for that, too. <laughs> Wait till I get into that track. But anyway, the politics, I mean, do y'all really think, uh, uh, let, me, uh, let me clean that question up. I mean, who do you think is really real and who's running at this time? I mean, we all know Trump is full of shit. You know, I think too many people want to catch his ass in the alley somewhere. (laughs) All the shit he even said, you know, send uh, Africans back to Africa. You forgot black people was here, huh? You know, send the uh, Mexicans back to Mexico. I mean, I'm trying to think. They ain't see our women. I said that, then they probably gonna think I'm racist. All right, but yeah, it's a lot of Mexicans here. You know, a lot of them either crossed the border. A lot of them was born here. It's like black people. The funny thing is about this country, they keep having all this racism, and um, you know, I don't even see the need for it. All of us here are not the true natives of this damn country. You know, you got to give it up to the Indians. We all know the Indians was here before every damn body. Shit. Indians would be owning all that. McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell. It's not even no damn Spanish people in my city where all the Taco Bells are, a bunch of black people, you know. I don't even mess with Taco Bell. I don't mess with none of them franchises. But anyway, <laughs> you know, you think, like, what is the need for racism? Maybe that should be my question. What is the need for racism? You know, I'm just have two questions. First question on this second half of the show is uh, who do you think is real in this run for office? The second one is what is the need for racism? Do these people even know why they're mad? You know, just because your parent was racist and they taught you to be racist as you was growing up, I mean... You didn't have your own thoughts. I mean, you didn't have your own feelings, your own state of mind, and thinking that this was wrong. You know, I'm going to follow my parent who's wearing like a Ku Klux Klan hoodie or the whole get-up to a rally and be saying all these hate terms, and I'm not even really feeling it. That's the dumbest shit I even heard of. I mean, I even seen, like, uh, like these black reporters who uh, I think is this guy, he was from Africa, I believe, or he might have been from the USA. But anyway, he had an accent, and he was black, 
And he went to one of those rallies. I mean, he had a lot of confidence, uh, you know, a lot of heart to do that. Go to one of those rallies and ask them questions like, why do you have all this hate? Why do you hate black people? Why do you hate other races? And they really didn't have any clear answers. You know, to me, it just sounded like they just kept saying, just because, just because. You know, this is our country. You know, like they was here first. Motherfucker, we was here at the same time. What are you talking about, man? Like you was here first. Well, uh, Christopher Columbus and all those motherfuckers brung us over in chains and shit. And um, it is what it is. And a lot of people don't even realize that Africans, all of us, wasn't slaves. The messed up thing about it is uh, a lot of us sold each other to the fucking white people. I mean, I wonder if they're going to uh, say that in history. It's amazing like, how all these pieces of history is missing from within the schools. You know, I do my own little research here and there. Like, how is this guy knowledgeable? Because uh, cause I actually look for the information. I'm not going to take people's word for it, you know, just because they said it. A lot of people do their research. I grant you. But, I mean, for those who are full of shit, you're full of shit. (laughs) I see what I see, and I put it out there. But uh, if it's not real, hey, you can can tell me I'm wrong. I had no problem accepting that I made a mistake. But it's just amazing to me how all these things happen in history, and they don't say it in the school. You know, let's bring up all that shit with Thanksgiving. Yeah, how the Indians sat down with the pilgrims, they got along, they sliced the turkey together, they were so happy. Man, get the fuck out of here, man. You know that ain't happened. (laughs) Don't make me fucking laugh. (laughs) The pilgrims sat down with the Indians, and every time they went to a different country, these white people... They kept calling all these Indians in different countries, uh, different natives in different countries. They called them what? They called them savages. So you're going to tell me the pilgrims was a different type of people, and they sat down with the Indians, and they was just cool with them, gave them handshakes. Hey, man, you need a Band-Aid? I'm going to hand you a Band-Aid, man. Hey, let's, let's drink some ale together and some beer, and we're going to be cool. They probably was cool with them in the morning. They put all them damn uh, drugs and dope they ass and start uh, cutting them Indians up and taking all their shit. That's what, that's what was happening. You know? And another thing I thought was interesting is that they kept talking about the Indians kept scalping people. The Indians never started that. It was the damn white people. The white people were scalping the Indians and selling the scalps and getting money for it. I found that crazy as hell. But in these history books and stuff, 
you know, or not even history books, like movies, old movies, and, you know, old uh, stories or old plays. They would have, like, the Indians always the bad guy. They're the savages. They're, they're always uh, ready to attack the white people. They, they're ready to kill them and stuff, but they never say the reason. You know, you fail to put the information out there when you uh, gave them a damn virus like smallpox and killed off a tribe or two or three. I mean, I think they got something to be mad about. And then the scalping, you blame on the Indians. It's something your ass started. The Indians saw you doing it and did it back on you for revenge. Shit is twisted, man. That's what we call life. That's in the past. I mean, there's so much stuff going on out there. I'm thinking about politics and all that. It's so twisted. You know, I went from talking about politics to the shit all in the past. <laughs> yeah, I noticed we got some new callers. In the building, uh, new caller. We had a uh, we got a few questions. That's the subject matter of the show today. The uh, the first question was, uh, what was your first thought that put you on your writer's path? You can ask. You can answer that question if you want to. You know, but we on the second half of the show, and I have two more questions. And uh, that second question was as far as politics, who do you think is real that's running for office? And uh, the third question was, let me see, what was that third question? About racism. Why do we need racism? You know, I definitely know why we don't need it. I want other people's insight. I want to see where y'all mind is at tonight. You can hit that star eight on your phone if you have your answers. And uh, I I, I am uh, still taking pieces as well. And it looks like Mama O want to get back in the building. Mama O, what's on your mind? Yeah, I I came back in for the second part of the question. And um, basically... We don't need racism. They need racism because that's the only way they can get the chance to have power and control. So they incorporate racism into everything that goes on in America from um, who gets a chance to um, get money, who gets a chance to uh, pay taxes or not pay taxes, who gets a chance to um, have religious freedom if they want it. And basically, we don't have any of those choices. Uh, the religion that we that we are serving uh, in America basically came handed down from them, and the whole purpose of that was also power and control. Uh, the privatized prisons that they're building today, basically to have power, control, and free labor. So everything is for power and control. The power is in having people do something 
and you don't have to pay them. And you have to have a way to keep those people in line so that they won't retaliate against you or rise up against you. So they create racism as a way to have the other people who basically they don't have anything either, they have a reason to hate somebody else for a different reason. So now you've got people that don't look like us hating us because they don't look like us. But all of the time, the whole time, the rich and wealthy aristocrats are sitting up on the top of the hill pulling strings. They got this person fighting against that person. Because if you really go down to the Appalachian or up to the Appalachian, uh, basically poor people, black and white, they all got along. Well, they can't be having that because, see, you got to have something to stir that up. You can't just have black people, poor people all over the world just getting along and banding together. you got to have – so they have to bridge these little uh, uh, support each other type thing going on that they got. Like we'll support each other because we are poor or we'll support each other because uh, we all live in this particular county or whatever. They can't be having that. So they got to have the poor people against the poor people, and they got to have the um, Spanish people against the black people. And they have to have, even in, in Nigeria, they got the Nigerians that have money treating the ones that don't have money like dirt. I mean, bad, really bad. It's an aristocratic system to set up so that, Anybody that's on the top can stay on the top by using people that don't have anything or could never rise to the top because the way that the system is set up, they would never get to the top. So what they can do is only play like they're there by using things that make them appear to have something. Like, okay, if they just go get the latest pair of Nikes, they feel like they're in the game. If they can go get some Brazilian hair from Brazil and put it in their hair, they feel like they got so-called, quote-unquote, good hair. I mean, it's just an illusion of having something that, and being something that you're not because you don't love yourself enough to deal with who you really are. So as long as they got those strings and the little money you do earn, by the time you pay rent, by the time you pay car note, gas money, insurance, you don't have nothing left. Everything goes back to the system. So if you do one little thing wrong, like, say, for instance, get a ticket, you basically wiped out. You basically are wiped out for that whole, for a lifetime. We have never made as much money, basically, as a black man or woman in America in a lifetime than most aristocratic people made in a day. In a day. And they're talking about billions of dollars, and we're talking about trying to come up with $350 just to pay the car note. So it's like a, it's a big gap there. And as long as they have that gap and can get free labor and they can keep us under control by making us think that we have a chance to be a part of America, if we just do the right thing, you know, uh, don't look a white man in his eyes and hold your head down and shuffle and, you know, do what, you, what you're supposed to do as far as being a, a slave, and know your place, well, that didn't work. Because then they started harassing the people that was trying to ease way through. They were trying to ease their way through, trying to get to a, a better plateau. Uh, peace and love. Everybody's supposed to be happy. 
No. You don't be happy. You just smile and try to keep living. And basically, that's all we could do. But now people are just getting fed up with the whole crap. It's just a big boil coming to bust open. That's all it is. Everybody has been festering for a while, but now it's just about to bust open. Everybody can see. They want you to see. That's why they keep putting video after video after video. They're waiting for the, for the masses of the black people to join masses with the other people that's going to, whatever's going to get. But these people are not going to get in to help this time. They All, all these other people feel that like they got a chance to, to blend in or come up. So they're going to continue to try to make the black man be the underdog. Because if they don't, then they feel like then they might be next. But so they're going to be next anyway. So the whole thing is, as long as they can lock up our kids, give us secondhand education, and uh, you see what they did to the Indians. They put them, not the Indians, the Native Americans, because they don't like to be called Indians. The only Indians are in India. These are Native American people. That This was their property, like you said. This is where they lived. This is where they, where they were born. This is where they came from. But they came over with the Bible in one hand and the smallpox blanket with disease-filled blanket in the other hand. You know, so, you know, it's like, why do they need racism? Because that's the only way they can control uh, people, period. And it's not like they like somebody better than the other one. They hate everybody that's don't, that don't have no money. But we can be singled out, and they can blend in. But then some people don't realize that, so they always want to try to keep us down so that they can, uh, you know, not be next, like I said before. But they're going to be next. If they don't really realize and wake up and realize what's happening, they're going to be next. It's just as simple as that. He already made an announcement that he wants to send everybody back where they came from, including the children that were born over here. So if you were an immigrant and you had a child that was born over here, they want them to go back home too. Right, right. You know, anybody, you want everybody to get out. Mama, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do got a question to ask you. Mm-hmm. The question is, I mean, do you remember the incident over there in Africa? What I, I mean, this was a big incident where they was killing each other over some kind of uh, tribal dispute. They was killing the Tutsis or something. Yeah, yeah, but that's the whole thing. They've been doing that in Africa for a long time. And I see when you're going back to our, I was telling you, our thing is they they have that those tribal differences. Uh, rituals, different traditions and cultures, and everybody wants to be better than. So they couldn't do it on color, so they would do it on uh, religion or tradition, or basically they would do it because of money or monetary gain. If you didn't have, then you weren't regal, you weren't royal, you had to be subservient. And basically that's what they their, their system is built on. Um, then the, the American system built on color, and then you got people that's built on color and monetary uh, gains. You don't have money, you know. And then the ones who do accumulate money, you see what happens to them. You see what happened to any black person over here that has succeeded in anything, especially in music. They just disappear. They die. They they get gone. And if they have any remedies for us to tell us how to get around the situation, they end up missing or they kill them. I mean, it's just point blank. 
in your face. It's like nobody cares. I mean, they don't care if you know. It's like they dare you. It's like a bully just kind of slap you in your face and dare you to slap on back. That's just this in your face, just like that. Exactly, Momo. You maybe think of uh, those who do got money and who are black, but they stay in line. You know, they don't, you know, jump out of their place. They make sure they stay in their place. And I'm thinking of Tyler Perry. You know, who stayed as a Republican. You know, because uh, you might see him. He has all these black shows. He got the Medea and all this crap. But behind the scenes, he's a flat-out Republican. He's not Democratic. He makes sure he stays on to uh, himself. And he wanted Bush back in office because he didn't want Obama in office as far as the uh, the taxes and whatnot. You know, to me, Tyler Perry showed he's all about the money. Well, you know what, son? It's like this. It's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. One is no better than the other. Republicans are no better than the Democrats. It's just it's, that's their fight. You know, our fight is in the middle. We're trying to get what we can, try to survive, trying to um, just do what we can to make ends meet and uh, basically try to accumulate something so that we can have something for our children. Because um, it's, it's nobody that's really down for black people or, and the ones that you say that are supposedly against us because they're black too, they don't. Once you get that money in your hands, they don't care. I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing that he has to feel like he owes anybody to do anything to give back anything. And so if he's not on our side. Who cares? I mean, it's, it's no difference. We know who's on our side, and you see what happens to him. So I mean, a lot of people are afraid to be out there speaking up, being leaders, or even accumulating any type of money. Michael Jackson had money, power, and control. Prince had money, power, and control. Uh, the only one that survived is Oprah so far. I don't see nobody else that really got anything that they didn't take. O.J. ended up going to prison. I mean, they sick the white girls on them if they got any money. They sick a white girl on you like a, like like you, you uh, like she's a female dog. And they don't want you to touch her, but they want her to go after you to get that money like they did Tiger. They went all the way to Switzerland and got that white girl and sent him over, over to her over here on her mission to get that boy's money. So, I mean, anybody that's got anything, they're going to find a way to get it. Get it out your hands, and then, you, you you know, you fall for it, that's on you. You know, um, if you can't see the forest for the trees, that's on you. You know, I just say get out the damn woods and start getting a clear view of what's going on. You know, it's all is set up. Yeah. Football players and everybody else, they're going to stick somebody on you to get that money. If they can't. Sick, no girl. Whatever your weakness is, if you, your weakness is white girls, and you got that money. They gonna give you one. She gonna get that money. Then she gonna get gone. She got your money. She got your kids. You, she gone, and you still over here looking like a fool. You know. So um, it's just all about power control. Uh, Paul Whitney, Prince Michael, James Brown. You name them. Anybody who got a little something or who have a little something, they're not here. The black man cannot come up in America. That is true. But, Mama, I'm going to say this. I mean, us as uh, black people, period, we got our own uh, issues to work out with. Because, I mean, thinking about, like, my own family, you know, my own blood relatives. That's true, but see, the the thing is this. That all has been designed as all a part of the plan. It's the same thing that goes on. It trickles down to families. It trickles down to 
which one of your kids, you know, got the good head, which one of your kids got the good job, which one of your – I mean, it trickles down, but it all stems down, based down, and it comes all the way down to the, to the individual families. You have to just understand the plan. Don't feed into it. You know, try to keep educating people what's going on. I mean, eventually people are just going to open their eyes and just the reality of what's going on is going to hit them. But the hope we got to pray for that it just don't hit them too late. Gotta organize. You gotta put it into this stuff. And then like you wanna go back in your neutral corner and be mad at somebody for something that they did twenty years ago. That do that later. Now all that little petty stuff don't even matter. Because you're not gonna be able to survive it. Your generations are not gonna survive it. If y'all don't, you know, stop talking about what happened in the past and start dealing with what we need to do now. And the basic thing I can think of right now is to go into your individual neighborhoods and organize Citizens groups that can go and do the same investigation that the police do. The police should not be inter- internal investigation, should not be uh, invest, uh, investigating their own selves. These judges, when they're not looking at, the, at, the, at all of the evidence and they're not doing their job, they got to go. They got to get out of office, get them out of there. They're being unfair. They're not serving justice. So we have to have groups, grassroots groups, to go in to these precincts, if it's, a, if it's a murder scene, we need to be able to go out there on that scene and look at the same evidence that they're seeing. And they've got to hold these people accountable. So that's, that's just what got to happen. We can't dwell on, you know, Aunt Susie didn't leave me nothing in her will because she probably had that much in there anyway. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying, yeah. that, 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 that stuff just trickles down. We have to be bolder than that. We have to be fiercer than that. You know, just overlook the petty stuff, and know my favorite saying is just fuck the dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mama, I mean, you always bring the realness. No matter if you're going on a radio show or talking to people on the street and in your face, you know, that's what you be. That's what you be bringing. You always bring that knowledge, and I welcome that. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you had this you no know, chance to you know the uh spill what you need to spill out and get it out of your own stuff, things you need to know. And this is like if nobody don't show up, they just don't show up. But at least I got a chance to talk to you and you'll get a chance to talk to somebody else and your eyes will be open. You'll realize you know, all the other stuff it don't matter right now. It's all about survival and trying to protect ourselves so we can live uh how God wanted us to live. He want us to fellowship with each other. He want us to live joyous and happy, and know and our will and his will become one. And we know damn well this ain't his will for us to be dying like flies out here and being mistreated. You know, you got geniuses. Everything in America we have invented is nothing attached to America that the black man's hands wasn't attached to it. If it wasn't stolen from us or taken from us, they just died. They killed us and then they just took it over. Even our culture, everything in America got black attached to it. Nothing good has come out of America, period, that we didn't have something to do with. Even from open heart surgery to the damn can opener. Okay. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, you are definitely provoking minds tonight here, Mama O. And we do got other people listening. So they heard everything you said. Yeah, they're in the building. Just I can give you an example, and I'm going to get off of here. Um, The little girl that was doing all this uh, 
uh, in the Olympics. You know how they had come find nothing. She was flawless. She flies through the air like a, a, a like a flying squirrel. She's flawless. She's superhuman. Both of them, Gabby and uh, Biles, both of them, they were superhuman. Yeah. All they could do is pick, and pick on their hair and, and just t- torture them. Here they standing up making all of this gains for the United States. And you see how much uh, they're not even appreciated. So you see, this, this country, you down if you do and you down if you don't. So we'd better do. That's what I got to say. I hear you, Mama. Oh, yeah, if we get too too much popularity, we get too much power, they got to find a way to knock us down. Well, we don't never really get to the point where we have basically control over our own lives. Once you get money, you are still basically really scrutinizing everything that you do, and they're going to find a way to get that money. And that's why with so many... Uh, um, what you call it, um, criminals in the black community. Because you know if you go into any corporation, if you get into stocks, if you get into music and you do something right, you make some money, they're going to find a way to take it. So black people would always be underground, trying to get what they can get and get on, you know, go in and live their life, you know, lie under the radar. That is true. That is true. Well, Mama, oh, yeah, it looks like we got more callers in there. You know, I want to. I would love to keep you on, Mama. <laughs> you you bring a lot of damn messages on here for people who really need to hear them. You know. Okay, baby, I'm listening, uh, and I'm ready to hear what everybody else got to say. But basically, um, you're bringing up a good some good points, and sometimes you don't need poetry. We need to solve some of these damn problems we got. And so you're doing a good job. Just keep up the good work. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Mama. And I really appreciate everything you had to say here tonight. You know, I mean, you, you really gave me something to think about, though. You know, I'm going to really think about uh, some more is- interesting questions to bring to the show here tonight, too. Yeah. We need them. We need them. We need think, think tanks. Yeah, you gonna yeah, you gonna maybe dig deep. I'm gonna That's bring good. up something, trust me. All right, I'm listening. I'm gonna hear what the rest of the callers got to say. All right, cool. Thanks again, my mom. Yep. All right, people, you heard Mamo in here giving her knowledge. I mean, yeah, she was really bringing that knowledge. I mean, she always bringing the knowledge though. That's Mama O. And uh, for those who just tuned in, yeah, let me go back to all the questions that was going down. My first question on the first half of the show was, what was your first thought that triggered your path, well, triggered you on a writer's path? You know, what was your first thought that triggered you on your writer's path, whether it was uh, writing short stories, fiction, sci-fi, and, of course, poetry? You know, I always say you was a writer first. That's what I always say. On the second half of the show, which is now, I said uh, that second question was, who do you think is real that's running for office now? Who do you think is real that's running for office? Third question, 
is uh, why do we need racism? Or do you think we need racism? You know, that's just something to think about. That's some uh, questions to make you ponder, uh, you know, give some deep thoughts. I want some deep answers to be given back like Mama O. You know, Mama O will come back at you with the masses. Now, she did her thing. I want to see what y'all going to do, though. <laughs> now, I'm shouting out to Mama O once again. I see Stir in the uh, chat room section of the show. I see Illinois is in the building. Southwest Louisiana is in the building. Central Minnesota is in the building. CB, I see you. Guest 7, I see you. Yeah, we coming in here on the late. But the show will go on on DSR Presents Oh Shit, Firing Tuesday with your host, DSR CEO Kane Spade. We're going to take a short music break. And when I come back, I'm going at Illinois to see what you got. The masses or them pieces. <laughs> now, uh... Phantom DJ, what you got over there, man? You uh, you chilling? I should ask you some questions. Oh, you don't want to talk? All right, man. Just be the damn DJ then. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. 
telling things. And so when they shot me, I'm in shock. But at the same time, it's a group of us just trying to get away from the police. And we're all women at that. So we get like a block away from the gas station. They come down the one way, swooping down, jump out their car to get me and say, oh, you want to know how I sleep at night? I'm going to show you how I sleep at night that you're going to jail tonight. And then when I get to jail, they talk about, oh, it's ladies' night up in here tonight. They sing it. It's ladies' night. And I'm sitting there in disbelief. But I dare not say nothing because who knows what Sandra Bland said before whatever happened to her. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it's just been real crazy out here. It's, and, I mean, I'm just in complete support of the whole conversation that Mama O had this evening. Everything she said, I just did all that. Put it right. Down. Wait, hold up. Wait, you said the cops, I mean, the fact that they uh, shot you, even though it wasn't a real bullet, the fact that they shot you, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you said once you got in jail, they were singing it was ladies' night? Yeah, because they arrested, they arrested me and my two friends. They arrested me and two of my friends. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah, and I, I mean... I, I, and I plan on filing a civil suit against them for this, too, because I got it all on videotape. Well, that's good. You got it on video for that proof. I'm sorry mm-hmm. you had to go through that. I mean, that's a crazy mm-hmm. situation. I mean, that just proves that the system is all corrupt. Mm-hmm. So, and so I corrupt. went to court. I went to court. They offered me, and I had a lawyer and everything. And some of my fellow poets, you know, I host an open mic here, so a lot of my fellow poets are pretty upset, so I had a couple of people put some money together to get me a private attorney, and they still only offered me a diversion program for first-time offenders. So I have to complete this program and pay a $265 fee, and then they'll um, expunge everything off of my record when I shouldn't even have to go through something like this. I'm walking away from the police, steady getting harassed. I'm getting shot at, and then a block and a half away from the bar we were going to, you driving down the street still trying to arrest me. You know, it was horrible. It was horrible. They put me in an orange suit. I had to cough and everything. Then they got this little little magazine that they print out now with all the criminals. Why they had me on the back page in color? Wow, and your first time, first time you got arrested. I ain't never even got picked up for curfew. <laughs> right. You only even I'm have a, a model citizen. I don't even have a traffic ticket. I'm talking about I'm as model of a citizen as they can get. I talk dirty, but I don't do no dirt. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, I can't even relate to you with the traffic stuff. I mean, I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, stuff I did, but I ain't going to put it on the show. But, uh. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's some crazy shit right there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's crazy that I mean we're supposed to be calling the cops to help us out. You know, they they're supposed mm-hmm. to be protecting serve on that badge, but you ain't protecting shit but their damn selves. That's right. That's you right. Know? They on the hidden hidden agenda. There's a hidden agenda. And it's all politics. Indeed, indeed. Well, that's what we're covering. Now, Stormy, you got to answer at least one of my questions right there. You know, you went through your uh, transition, what you went through. I mean, I want you, I want to say uh, thanks for sharing that. You know, mm-hmm. that's a crazy-ass situation. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it sounds like you want to at least get one of those cops and whoop their ass, but... Uh, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I remember his name, boy. I ain't going to never forgive. He ain't reading my rights for nothing. I had to go get CAT scans, my back, and he had me all twisted up. I was sore for a whole three weeks. It was horrible. I thought they had tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. I don't and even know if I should give you one of my questions. I mean, after you told me all no, that. No, I got answers for all of them. Your first question, my answer to that would be love. Love is what inspired me to first start writing. I remember distinctly being in high school and called myself falling for this guy that was going off to uh, college. And I remember writing my first piece of poetry, and it was supposed to be a love poem. Now, I had been reciting poetry since I was 12, but I hadn't never written my own. And so at the age of 14, I was writing some poetry, and then by the time I made 16 is when I wrote what I would call my first original piece, and that was to the guy that um, I called myself like, and it was a love poem. So I guess I didn't tatted around love pieces more so than I have uh a lot of conscious pieces I got more to it within the last maybe two to three years. And prior to that, maybe just a lot of a lot of love poems. Like, so conscious pieces and erotic pieces, I just picked all that stuff up. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then the second question is, I don't think that we should vote Democratic or Republic. I think we should all just vote Green. Vote for the third party. Find out what Find out what those third-party people have to offer and um, just cancel out, you know, don't let Trump make you vote for Hillary when we already wasn't going to vote for Hillary in the first place. We just didn't know Trump was going to be the competitor. So, you know, we have to, at this point, take on other people that may be real contenders, even though they don't stand in the Democratic or Republican Party, they may still have some of the standards in which the country needs to be ran by. And I just ask people to be conscious and to um, check out Jill Stein and see what it is that she's talking about. True. Okay. Okay. Do you uh, have an answer for the third one, or you want to get into your piece? Um, well, what's so crazy is that you know I'm stormy, right? So we got this whole different energy going than this piece that I had just been dying to read to y'all tonight. So I'm just going to have to rock the boat since I am a poet and this is what I do. And I got this little freaky X-rated, triple X-rated piece I wanted to read. And you said I could, so I'm going to read my piece. All right. Well, uh, it is with that name of that piece and the DSO shit-firing Tuesday mic. Okay, this this particular piece is actually an untitled piece that I wrote about a year ago, and I I found some music to go to this piece, and I really like it, so let me just get myself set up, and I'm going to play this song, and I'm going to read this piece at the same time. Here we go. Good morning, lover. How was your rest? Was I there with you? Did I do my best? Did 
before you slept, you spoke of all the freaky shit you enjoy doing to me. Let me tell you, I love that freaky loving too. I love the way you make me feel. I do, I do, I do. Of all places, you start behind my knees. Gentle kisses that was erotic, you see. Caressing and kissing my legs and feet. You reach up for a firm grip on my round, succulent ass cheeks. I'm nervous now. Haven't been touched like that in a while. Squeezing my ass cheeks, you firmly spread them, eagle style. That's where my clit, pussy, and asshole all introduce themselves to your lips and your hungry, waiting mouth and dick. Daddy, this pussy is all yours. Mm. The way you make me feel is magical. Your mere words make my pussy wet. Your touch, it melts me. So I throw that ass in the air to see we are so perfect for each other. I commence to start it a pussy fight, a fight I know I couldn't win, but fuck that, that long, hard, cultivating dick wants to rumble again. Mmm, small sip of Kool-Aid off my nightstand, and baby... I rise and I rise and I rise and I rise the dick like I have no sleep. Yeah, live back on the bed. Let's give it long, hard, crooked dick with that fat as rim from here. Yeah, pussy fight. Over. I'm about to put this dick to bed in peace, y'all. Throw me with an eye. Thank you very much. Damn, son. <laughs> yeah, I think the ball Phantom DJ over there getting a little excited and whatnot, man. All right, calm down, man. Keep jumping up and down and shit. But anyway, he, uh, <laughs> Stormy with an eye. You coming oh, on here with instrumentals and that flow like that, huh? <laughs> that be me. Yeah, I mean, I heard your erotica before. 
But I never yeah. heard you express it like that, though. The flow, I mean, I was digging the flow. It was too bad the instrumental wasn't that clear, but I felt the flow of it, the way you presented mm-hmm. it. I mean, and the words you were saying, I was like, oh, right. You know, I've heard <laughs> being that damn flow, like, at least 20 times, you know. <laughs> Thank you. You almost made me respond like I was Mr. Boston for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We know he he be getting me, too, boy. He be loving for me to come out the closet with that mess. He be ready. <laughs> yeah, you got me uh, thinking, yeah, I'll be hanging around that ball too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Boston be ready. I don't know if he on tonight, but I know he be ready. Yeah, he would have went in. He would have definitely went in. But I want to thank you for that uh, erotic moment right there, Stormy, when I, you know, I want to thank you for answering all three of my questions and sharing what you went through, you know, even though I think you shouldn't have gone through what you went through. I mean, that was some bullshit right there. Absolutely. Hopefully I, that doesn't happen to you again, and hopefully you do get retribution for what you went through. Absolutely, me too. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and thank you for calling in and sharing all that on DSR tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're welcome. All right, people, that was Stormy with the eye. She went in. She went all the way in. It looked like everybody going all the way in tonight. I mean, I might have to start bringing more of these questions on the show here, you know, getting people to think, getting people to share. I mean, real life is happening tonight. I mean, wow. It's wow. We're going to keep it moving here. Next up on the call, we're going to go to Minnesota. Who we got in the building from Minnesota? How you doing, Kane Stage? This is Kimber Love in Minnesota. Kimber Love, welcome to DSR's Old Shit Firing Tuesday. How you enjoying the show so far? I'm enjoying it. I finally made it. <laughs> I have been trying to trying to make it to come out and support and um whew, all I can say is I got five jobs and I ain't never tired, right? <laughs> wow. Five jobs. I mean, yeah, you a hustler. Yeah, yeah I'm for sure, you. for sure. Yeah, well, thanks for calling in. And uh, did you catch those uh, those questions that was going down? I did. Um... Well, remember, uh, Kimber Love, you don't have to answer all three. That is your choice. You can answer just one question or two, mm-hmm. your decision, and, uh, you know, pick what questions you want to go with. Well, um, I'm not so political, um, so, you know, the ways of the world are just really chaotic to me right now, and I really can't vow uh, any support to nobody that's running, Um, and I don't want to be, I kind of agree with Stormy when she was saying, let's vote number three. Uh, I was wishing, though, that... um, the one man who wore the glasses that's older that was marshaled with Martin Luther King, I forgot his name. I was wishing that he probably would have made it further. Um, but anywho. Wait, uh, wait, wait. You, talk, you wasn't talking about Malcolm X, was you? 
Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Malcolm X is gone. <laughs> oh. No, sir. <laughs> um, it was a um, Bernie. Is his name Bernie Sanders? Oh, Bernie Sanders. Okay, you talking about the one running for office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's his uh, name. Yeah. I just kind of had respect for him because he was able. Like we know, Hillary and Bill was pro-black when they was when Bill was in office. You know, Bill got so. Um, and Hillary can keep up, but, you know, like I said, the world is so chaotic. I was really disappointed at the whole fact that, uh, our current president really couldn't, couldn't really stand on being a black man and bringing, um, black love to the state. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm disappointed at the fact that America has never apologized for slavery. You know what I mean? A lot a, a lot of healing could come if our leadership would step up and apologize, but yet, you know, they, they pass some agendas that are kind of really pissing God off, if you ask me. Um, right. Because, um, so, anywho, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at politically. I... Uh, I found my path for writing um, at the age of 12. Um, did a lot of journaling to uh, pin my way through the pain and the chaos uh, of my childhood. Um, my mother and father were both alcoholics. Well, my the daddy who raised me, I got two daddies. So I got the one who made me and the one who raised me. And so... Um, they were full of, you know, a lot, it was, our home had a lot of pain, uh, neglect. Um, they were, they were gone a lot. They fought a lot. They drank a lot. And so I started journaling, uh, letters to her and, and then they, it just started, you know, where I would keep a notebook. Um, and then, uh, about the racism, uh, I'm very much connected to my Native American roots. I'm Native and Black. And um, sometimes I just get pissed at the way things are, and I be pissed at the fact that we let the white man stay, you know. I'm not prejudiced per se. Um, I just think there's not enough respect for you company in somebody else's house. Regardless, because my roots have always been here. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, atrocious behavior behind one uh, nationality. And I think, um, I don't think we need it at all because we were at peace when people came to this country. You know, we welcomed them, we showed them certain things. Uh, we, we respected the land that, and we respected the animals that were on the land. Like, we didn't take too much. You know, we only took what we needed, and we regarded that. And then to have people come forth and not regard a diagnabbit thing is kind of like another spit in the face. So, you know, that's kind of how I feel about the three questions. Well, Kimber Love, I want to thank you for sharing. And you know, uh, 
what I like about having this uh, type of format and having this uh, type of subject matter, you know, you get different outlooks, different uh, personas on the answers from everybody on the questions. That's what I like about it. Goes in different directions, you know, and that's what y'all bringing here. But Kimber Love, now is the time to find out. Do you have a piece for us tonight? Of course. <laughs> um, I would like to ask and solicit for votes. As you know, I have made the top four nominations. Uh, I mean, the top four of the nominations for the National Poetry Awards this season. And um, my two categories are erotic poet and religious poet together. And so I would love for people, if you like my piece that I'm going to spit, I want to spit something that's going to support that. I would like people to go to the National Poetry Awards website under nominate and um, select your girl, Kimber Love. Hey, well, there it is. Well, Kimber Love, I'm going to say uh, congratulations on your nominations. And, uh, yeah, so what you uh what genre are you going to pick here? Are you going to, is with that uh, spirituality, or are you going to give us some erotica? It's going to be both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to stand back, and uh, the DSRO shit, fiery Tuesday, Mike, is yours. <laughs> this piece is titled Black Baritone. My king... As I appear here quietly before your throne, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you, my black baritone. You are as smooth to me as a mellow jazz beat, so harmoniously sweet, so wondrously deep. My baritone, truly, it is you who makes me weak. Got me so addicted to hearing you speak as I absorb the waves of your gentle thunder. Without a blunder, I dare not make one peep. You see, I, I love it, Black Baritone, when your echo is surrounding me. Receiving your ranges deep in side of me and in my eyes you truly stand alone my king as I kneel here quietly before your throne I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you my beautiful black bear tones I'm listening to the quality of pitch in your passion. Birthing in and out of me a love that is everlasting, smooth and sleek like shiny black satin. Black, bare tone, you are so profound. Because you are gigantic in sound and in my eyes, you truly stand alone, my king. As I 
sit here quietly upon your throne. I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you, my black baritone. Nothing like the imprint of you, my brother, my friend, my own kinsman. Black baritone to you, your melodious song. I am joyful to sit and listen, especially when you speak in the key of wisdom. Your every word has me mesmerized. Finely tuned, you have me paralyzed and in my eyes. Truly stand alone. My king, I makes it my business to understand every octave that you relay. From your quiet rumble to your bands of rage. Committed to you I am. I remain right here refusing to flip my page. See, I don't have a problem with an alto and I, I never had a problem with a tenor. <laughs> but it is my black bear tone who I will forever remember. It is he who causes the she and me to surrender and in my eyes you truly stand alone. My king, as I lay here quietly upon your throne, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you, my beautiful black bear tone. Your taunting moans and your tempting growls of masculinity. Igniting those sensuous fires within my femininity. A beautiful instrument you are with the most perfect sound. In Tangled together, making the sweetest musical in this intimate compound. Climaxing to the highest of heights until we both come back down. Yeah. That's the rhythmic sound that I share with my own, my own, my own black bear tone. and. In my eyes, he truly stands alone. My king, as I appear here quietly before your throne, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you, my black, fair tone. I said, my king, as I appear here quietly before your throne, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you, my beautiful black bear tone. Oh, my king, as I appear here quietly before your throne, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm. I, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm. I, I submit my heart and my ears to the rhythm of you, my 
part about that piece is that um it, it the the queenship like the the interaction between myself and the king has so much to do with a biblical story about queen esther and her journey into the kingdom like of all the the the, the young maidens that were gathered she was the only one who had a heart to submit and she submitted to the the head eunuch in charge who was in charge of the harem. And, and she said things like, well, you know the king. What does he like? You know, she said things like, what's his favorite color? Um, you know, you do you think I could please him? And, and he, he took that and he kind of trained her special on what it would take to actually please him because she had a desire to please him. She wasn't there just to be the queen or or hope to be selected for the position of queen. She was there because she had a desire to please him. And um and I know, you know, in, in our society, in our community, um sometimes women of color we, we have a problem with the word submission. It's almost like it's a cuss word, but I found a power in it. I found a power, you know, don't take a whole lot of confusion and mess and rolling up my head and my neck, not to be with a good man. And so, um, you know, yeah. So that's the, that's the heart of that piece and where it came from and why I selected it to prove my um, point for religious and erotic. Yeah, well, you did your thing right there. Combining those two genres together, I mean, wow. I mean, there's not too many poets who uh, do that. Hey, I just made National Poetry Awards history because no poet has ever done that before. (laughs) 
and I've been shocking the world with it because everywhere I go, when I when I when I tell them of my of my two categories, they say that wow, that's a contrast. But you know, God told me I was a Song of Solomon poet, and I finally am. A, I was this year. I finally embraced it in its fullness without any personal isms and schisms and worries and woes, you know, because I struggled between the two genres um, from the beginning of my poetry just because I, I I felt like I was too sensuous for the church and then I sometimes felt like I was too religious for some of the the world. And um, But I'm one, and my gift is one, and it's, and it's at its height right now. For this season, I'm really grateful. So I do hope that people would find my work worthy enough to vote for me at the National Poetry Awards under both categories. We only have until next Monday um, around midnight, give or take. I think midnight California time. I think he's giving us till California time. But um, so please vote, please vote, please vote. And you can vote multiple times, so hit submit, backspace, submit, backspace, submit, backspace, submit, backspace. (laughs) Until your thumb get tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Please go vote, excuse me, vote for Kimber Love. And Kimber Love, I want to thank you for calling in and uh, do – Put all the information about the voting on our event page on the Oh Shit Firing Tuesday event page for the DSR Firing 71.3 Network. You know, look that up on Facebook. Uh, Tell us more about the voting, your pieces, and uh, other information you want to put out there. Okay, thank you, Kane State. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Again, thanks for your support of tonight's show. All right. All right, people, that was Kimber Love in the building doing her thing. I mean, yeah, blame her and Stormy for turning that uh, heat up on the notch. I think the knob just came off a bit. Damn, I can't even fix it back. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to keep this DSR train moving right now. We are 23 minutes into overtime, but we got... More callers to come in, so we want to hear what you got to say. We're going to CB. You in the building. CB, are you in the building, Matt? Hey, what's up, K-State? What's up? Hey, man, it's all good, man. You hear the ladies doing their thing, man? Yeah, I, I, I think I've been listening for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, the ladies put it in or put it out. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And did you uh, catch the uh, the questions, or you want me to uh, put them out there again? I think the first question is uh, something about when you started writing poetry, I think. Is that it? No, the first question was, it was similar to what you were saying, but I said, uh, what was your first thought to put you on your writer's path you're on today? At, at that time, when I was in my twenties, I, I I was uh, fasting and meditating and and doing some 
special exercises to increase my uh, chi. So I think that has something to do with it and uh, sort of sort of mystical type of deal and uh, still be down to earth with, with, uh, the, with the words and the poetry. Uh, uh, first thought, man, I don't know, man. Uh, just on that level, uh, that was a higher level. When you, when, you, uh, when you fast and you try to eat right and do all that kind of stuff, uh, I'm, I'm far from that right now, but you just... Uh, you're at another level and you think differently than, than you think when you're eating hot dogs and hamburgers, you know. So <laughs> that, that uh, just thinking more spiritually and stuff like that. So uh, it was about spiritual things versus uh, everyday things. Uh, um, I, I guess that's the best way to put it. Okay, okay. And uh, all right. Good response, man. And that second question was, uh, as far as politics, I mean, who do you consider, do you, I mean, do you consider them real, those candidates that's running, or you consider them as uh, fakes, false, you know, type of candidates that's running right now? And also the third question is, uh, do you think we need racism or not? <laughs> third question, wow. Uh, man, the, the second question, it's a new world order. They're trying to get it together. I just saw some uh, uh, blog about the uh, Pope coming out saying that, that the powerful people don't want to enter war because they make too much money off of it. So uh, I, I think, man, the, the, the money brokers, the big the big men, they know what's going on, and it's, it's going to be hard for, for, for the men on the streets to uh, to uh, uh, come up, you know, because they got us divided so many different ways, race, creed, religion, uh, black, white, whatever you want to say, man, we're divided up. And until we come together as, as a race, as a people, I mean, as, as earthlings, as humans, man, they, they, they got they got they got it where they, they can uh, uh, do what they want to do, man. It's, it's hope. But uh, that hope is divided in so many different ways on what everybody wants. Everybody wants something, but they don't want the same thing. And until we want the same thing and can define it, what we want as a people, it's going to be hard as Hell, hell, hell to get it done. So I'm hoping, but hey, it's set up against us right now. It's set up all different kind of ways. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I don't know if you call all the feedback uh, Mama O shared with us earlier, man. She went, she really went in hard on the uh, the subjects of those uh, questions I put out there, man. Yes, Mama O. Mama O is deep into it, and uh, I admire her. I've been I've been uh, listening to her for a long time. I remember Mama O from a long time ago. So she she's into it, and uh, I believe what she say, man. She she's angry about it. She she's a revolutionary, and 
she's been in it for a long time because uh, from what I know about her, uh, the 60s, all the stuff in the 60s and stuff, she was there, 60s, 70s, 80s. She's been there, you know. I believe what she's talking about. As far as racism, like I said, that's a divider, man. I mean, that's a divider. I mean, can we have it or should we have it? I mean, what is racism, man? Is it black black skin, white skin, black skin, light skin, of different races? I mean, there's so much divided up with that. You can you can uh, uh, focus on us as a race, a black race, but there's racism in other races too, in Orientals and, and uh, uh, Hispanics or, or, or you say Latin Americans and stuff. There's racism in every creed. I mean. Uh, if you open your eyes, there's racism everywhere. I mean, man, it ain't just about us. It's about everybody. Indeed. Indeed, man. You know, uh, the funny thing about racism, I consider as far as in the black community, because you know black people, not all of us, but there's a percentage, you know, who are racist against their own kind. And, yeah. Um, I find that funny. You know, they're always talking about the light skin against the dark skin. Yes, sir. Yeah, they're always talking about that. They're always talking about, uh, you know, the different texture of the hair. This one got straight hair. This one got the uh, the curly, uh, you know, nigger hair or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, Bad what, hair. Uh, what is Bad nigger, hair. nigger hair, really? Somebody need to be smacked out there back into uh, consciousness but even bringing some dumbass shit up like that. Nigga here, who who, who even made that up? You know? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, maybe I just made it up. I'm going to smack myself. But anyway, I mean, there's so so many uh, different type of idiotic situations out there that's like not even worth time. You know, not even worth the time to talk about. You know, what are we arguing about? What are we fighting about? Racism, hey, man, you lighter than me, or wait a minute, they white, you're black, so let's get a knife, let's shoot each other, you know, or the uh, like the Indians fighting each other because they're from a different tribe, or same thing with the black people in Africa. Like I told Mama O, the Tootsies fighting against the other one, they felt like the Tootsies were smarter or the Tootsies was richer, so we going to get jealous and kill them because they got better land and houses than we got. I hear you on that, man. Like I said, those are good providers, man. And, and you know, you can all say put up laws and, and say we need to come together, but each individual needs to go through and realize that, that they're uh, – it's like going to school, man. You you're in the kindergarten, and you're gonna you're gonna try to talk some high school uh, students what's up, man. You got to go through through the grade, and that's where everybody here is going through their grade and, and learn. If you're not gonna learn, you're not gonna learn what the world is teaching to you. You're gonna stay in kindergarten. You're gonna stay in preschool. You're gonna stay at, at the at the junior high doing a sock hop or doing whatever the bop is going on. 
You right, right. Man, and, and you're going to make this show even longer than what it is, because I covered that earlier, too, man, with the high school, school period, how yeah. they, uh, they leave out a lot of history with the school. They don't want to tell everybody, you know, what's going down. I ain't mean to cut you off, but you just made me man, think about man. it. You're just talking, man. That's all you're talking. I'm just saying, you know, because you made me think about what I talked about earlier, you know, how they have, like, all this stuff in history, and, you know, they're not telling anything what's going down in history. You know, like the simple fact when everybody, you know, they always getting hype over Thanksgiving, but you don't know what really happened what first started Thanksgiving. You just keep thinking that it was a peaceful time between pilgrims and Indians, but really it was a war zone. Pilgrims yep. poisoned the Indians with their smallpox, you know, they killed them off. They robbed the damn Indians. I went into uh, how they talk about, you know, Indians always scalping people. But really, the white people started that shit with scalping the Indians. And the Indians just uh, scalped the white people back for revenge. And so yeah, much stuff, you. you know, there's a lot of twisted things going out there. But uh, I don't want to keep going into it because we in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Just uh, hey, hey, I, I'm finished with what I gotta say. Uh, we can talk again. Go to the next four. You got some more points? Go to the next one, man. That's cool. Right, right. No, hold up, CB. I I wanted to stop you there because I want to hear what piece you got, man. Oh, what do you want me? Uh, I could do one I've, I've done a while back, man. I could do if shadows were blue. Hey, I want you to do what you feel like, what you want to express. <laughs> okay, okay. I sort of, hey, I sort of along the lines, man. I wrote this a long time ago, man, so I, I can read that. Uh, let me know when you're ready. Hey, man, the DSR, oh, shit, firing Tuesday, Mike, is yours. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> If shadows were blue, would you speak of orange in the daylight, damn near white, spraying colors as racists spread hate? Lead would be a lighter color, but still hard and hot enough to kill. Blue shadows have painted sidewalks, a misunderstanding of men. Or lack thereof. Therefore, of. hate is hate, fear of, no lost love of. Blue shadows on sidewalks opened up again and again and again. If shadows were blue, bluer than the bluest blue, would we not become invisible in the daylight, existing not by thy eyes? So what is not seen does not have rights or privileges. If shadows were blue, could we not talk of violent affairs? Deaths, and I don't care. Could we not also ask why money is so red? Drips, rips, tears, tears, because it's so thinly spread. 
Our shadows are not blue. We could not also ask the same, but not for the 1% minus 99 doesn't don't carry the one. What shadows are not blue? Variations do exist, lighter, darker, but they're all on one big list. Feeding into the prison, prison state, gathered together for infractions, held back from school, existing not by dying eyes, put away by the 1%, not the 99s. The blue shadows will scream in pain. Would it be darker than dark, redder than red, no longer beautiful, but in bird, infrared? Lower. It goes lower than low. Would shadows sing and dance under yellow skies? Celebrating what? Commemorating what? Achieving what? Times are not changing, just twisted. Sidewalks and shadows reflected from times gone by. If shadows were blue, could we not make out we were human at all? Violet and red would show in our eyes. That's all. Peace. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, before I say anything, Phantom DJ. <laughs> oh, I heard that shit, Maggie! Maggie! That was legitness. Yeah, it was, huh? Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, Mr. CB, I'm going to say this, man. Uh, first, that piece definitely fits the subject matter of this show right here. You uh, you took the issues of color to a whole new level, man. I mean, wow. You know, because I, I was getting a lot of mixed messages in that piece, but the centerpiece of your presentation is uh, it was centered on color. That's what I got from it, you know. Y'all definitely bringing diversity tonight, you know. Hey, CB, man, appreciate you for presenting that piece, supporting tonight's show. I don't know if you can, but stick around. We might have a speed round coming up, depending on uh, how many callers we got left. Okay, okay. I've got to uh, take, take a break, and I'll be back in about five minutes. All right, cool, man. Thanks again for calling in. All right, thank you. All right. All right, people, that was CB in the building doing his thing. You know, he answered the questions, presented that piece. Yeah, definitely a great show here tonight. And uh, we're going to go to that next caller. They've been waiting patiently. I want to thank you for that. We got Stir in the building. Hey. I'm doing great. I'm I'm glad I made it. I heard a lot of wonderful things tonight. And um, I'm going to get right to it since we're in overtime. Um, it's interesting what you were addressing um, on the call with CB is it's in line with two of your – the answers to two of your questions, one being, you know, when this writing first started for me, which was when I was in elementary school, my third grade. Um, it's – you know, and, and then the racism 
issue because when I was young, a young child, I, although I'd seen, you know, about slavery and white people and racism on TV and I'd seen Roots when it first came out, I had not experienced racism from white people. As a matter of fact, the white people that came across my path, which were teachers or, you know, a couple of people in the community, those were the only people that never addressed my hair, addressed my, my fat lips, my big nose, my big butt. I only got um, insulted or, you know, racial epithets from the black people in my community, young and old, adults as well. You know, your hair is nappy. You got what big lips. You got a big nose. You got a big butt. I had only heard that from black people. I yeah. um, as I, I actually had, she was kind of a godmother to me, a white lady. She happened to also be a school teacher, but um, she felt that I was very gifted. And she actually, my mother worked a lot and didn't have time to put me in anything. So she took me to dance classes. She took me and put me in sequence swimming. She taught me to play the piano. She took me everywhere. And again, never once. Uh, did she? I can't ever recall her addressing anything about my skin color, yellow, you know, nothing, ever. I can't recall anything. Um, my third grade teacher identified me as gifted. All the black teachers that I ever had identified me as too talkative and too, um, I, guess I used, you know, in their eyes I would talk back, but I had questions. They didn't take it as questions or uh, curiosity or, you know, thinking, you know, outside the box, but the white teachers did. So my fourth grade teacher, I, she had uh, given us some writing. I wrote a poem, and she thought it was good enough to enter in a contest. And it, I, I wish I could remember the poem. I don't, but it ended, it ended up going to the Library of Congress. So I have yet to find out how to search for that. But, again, that, you know, my first writing was, I trying to find myself, trying to find my identity, trying to understand. I didn't have a father in the household. You know, our family was broken um, in, in that sense as far as most of the people in my family did not have much of a relationship with their father, not the immediate people that I knew. So self-identity, self-love, and just trying to understand how you could be born you know, with you can't help that you're born, you know, black or white or whatever. You know, you can't help that you, you know, what your DNA structure is. Yet these are the things that people harp on the most. So that's where the writing started. As far as racism, you know, needed, you know, I mean, it's, I don't think it's a matter of whether we need it or not. It's there, and it's going to be there um, because, Humans, you know, just the human sense, from a human sense, somebody's always, you know, we've always got to have somebody's doing something more or somebody's doing something better. And then, of course, again, human nature is we are more comfortable with people most like us, you know, and then there's family first, you know, this is the society we live in. So with that being said, there's nothing wrong with, you know, family first. There's nothing wrong with self-love and, you know, promotion. 
Um, but then there is going to always be that some, you know, who's right, who's wrong, who's better, who's not. Um, so as far as needed, you know, it's going to be there. And then the presidential candidates, you know, candidates, it, as far as it is what it is, you know, if you're going to believe that voting is important and the system, uh, the political system that we have, then you just have to look at, you know, if, if you don't like any candidate specifically as much as you would like to, you know, it's what? The the least of all ills um, because, what, if you believe in voting, you're going to vote. Um like it's unfortunate, like somebody said earlier, that Bernie Sanders didn't really make it because he's the only one that really addressed racial inequality. And uh, but he's not there. Um, I am a veteran of the United States Army, so I can assure you that Hillary Clinton is qualified and the best person out of the bunch to do the job of president. And I just simply mean do the job of whether I like her or not or whatever. None of that is really relevant at this point. Out of the candidates, she is the most qualified, point blank, period, uh, to do the job of President of the United States, to be, you know, chief in command. You know, she's got the experience, um, and she's been in the White House already. So um, Donald Trump is a joke. And he is making a mockery. He does not want to be, in my opinion, president of the United States. I'm just going to be frank. I think the reason why he ran is he was so pissed that he was ineffective in all his bullcrap when President Obama was running the first time. And then not only did this Negro get voted in the first time, he got voted in the second time. And I think Donald Trump just wanted to say, okay, well, let me show you how much of a a piece of crap or mockery that the presidency is, I'm a run. I believe that if he won, he'd get up there and his acceptance speech would be to drop the mic and say, F you, United States, because he doesn't need it. He doesn't want it. He doesn't even know what the role is, what it entails. He's, he's an idiot, in my opinion, as far as president of the United States. And that's that piece. <laughs> that's that piece, huh, sir? Wow. I mean, I'm going to say uh, you're not lying, though. You're not lying. I mean, when I see Donald Trump, I just see a big jackass. I see uh, <laughs> an old-ass rich kid that just gets up on a podium and makes a fool out of himself. He looks like he's just trying to build himself up and uh, trying to promote his businesses that he already has, and which a lot of them I keep hearing hearing about that be uh, failing, you know, I hear about him going uh, bankrupt half the time, but uh, but he still has a lot of money, but he's just a, a rich jackass to me that just jumps in front of a camera and just talks about, like, what everybody else is thinking as far as the, uh, the racist people and getting their thoughts out there, just having them on his side to have a bunch of negative jackasses follow him, you know. I'm going to say, uh, I'm not thinking Donald Trump, but I'm going to say thanks to him, we actually see how much racism is still left in America. You know, what he did was he made all those people surface and show themselves. You know, 
Because a lot of times you see them in the background. You don't know who is who. But what Trump did, he brought all the racist people to the front, and he showed which state, which city, where these people are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, <laughs> I think that was Stormy, just like what uh, Stormy was saying earlier. He he's just it, it, he's just playing a game. He's bored. He's you know he's rich. He's done a lot. He has access to do it. He's bored. He's bored, and he's going to be even more bored if they were to actually elect him. There's no way in the world he wants to sit in that seat. He doesn't. No. There's no there's no billions in sitting in, in the seat of the president in the Oval Office. There's no billions of dollars in that. You know, so I'm all right. Over. I mean he doesn't want the responsibility, he just wants the air. No. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, uh Mr. I appreciate all your answers to my questions. You know, you went in deep like everybody here tonight. I mean, y'all kind of uh, caught me off guard because really I wasn't even going to have no questions tonight, but I thought of something and people actually called in there, so I was like, well, damn, that's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you call. Call and response. Hey, you call, you're going to get a response. Hey, there it is. Well, you already know my last question I'm about to ask you, Stir. Well, I'm going to go right into it. I'm going to do an old piece, a piece that I do in light of the conversation on race and, you know, brutality in America called Why We Dance Nasty. All right. Well, the DSR, oh, shit, Firing Tuesday Mike is yours. Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, Rakia Boyd, Eric Garner, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Jessica Hernandez, Tamir Rice, Jonathan Farrell, Oscar Grant, Antonio Zambrano Montez, Samuel DeBose, and Anastasio Hernandez Rojas. We know their names. Each of them died unarmed at the hands of police. I found my butterfly in funk, found my rhythm on the drums of Parliament almost four decades after I danced to it here on the sidewalks of Los Angeles. Back then, I was wearing a two-piece, tree green, polyester suit, (laughs) you know, a tunic and some bell-bottom pants. Oh, I danced, but I was just a child then age 10, and my mother was a Christian. I am now a member of One Nation Under a Groove, but I dance like David with my tongue moves. Twerking and pee-popping, I drop that ass hopping down hard, like that hammer on that gun. That could have been my son, that boy they killed in cold blood. That's why I roll my head 45 degrees to the right, let my shoulders, waist, hips, and thighs follow. Then I snake it back to the left with a hollow point. This 
I do in remembrance of that hallowed eve they beat Rodney King, massacred Emmett Till, crucifying my brother right now on Capitol Hill. (laughs) I dance is nasty for them, so I don't lose my mind, go blind with rage. See, it's no telling the destruction I'd wage. War on all terrorists called Americans. I'd crump my way out of waist high jeans too. Show my tail in the streets too, boo, cause we not overcome yet. And deep in my heart, I wanna Harlem shake these fools for the blood of Eric Garner, John Crawford, Michael Brown. I want to stomp, jump up and down, kick and swing, do a calm king, shake the earth, beat my chest while I Michael Jackson scream. I want to vogue these haters into the boxes they try and put us in. Choke them with the drawstring of my hoodie. I want to tick, tick, tick holes in their brains for stealing my ancestors' goodies. (laughs) And I promise to funk the whole funk. Nothing but the funk as I dance my way out of your constrictions. Like George Clinton. Up and down, hang up alleyway. I will dance freely, naked, bearing arms and unafraid. Ready or not, here we come, getting down on the one. See, don't fail me now. See, don't fail me now. And that's why we dance nasty. That's that piece. Wow. Wow, Well. Yeah, before I say anything, Phantom DJ. Stick around, stir. We're going to have one last 
music break to get y'all in the mood, and then we're just going to go right into it. All right. All right, so stick around. All right, people. First, I want to thank everybody for calling in, doing that thing. And, uh, well, Phantom DJ just informed me this last track is to target all the bullshit that be happen, happening in America, in the world. I mean, it's a bunch of bullshit out there. And this dude, he going to tell you how it is, you know. I mean, this guy's been gone for a minute, incarcerated, and he came back out. You heard him keep talking about shake your, what was it, shake your fast, or they shaking the ass, watch yourself, some shit. I don't know what he was talking about. But anyway, he's talking about some bullshit tonight. So let's go with that music break. Now, anyway, hold up. Phantom DJ, a, uh... Yeah, put the plate down, man. You about to go to work. All right, yeah, that's what's up, yeah. Phantom DJ, let's go. Hold up, I'm sorry, baby. You gotta be all that. You know 
You already know I'm your host, DSR CEO, Kane Spade. Yeah, we have a little technical difficulties here. Fix that. Anyway, yeah, you already know I'm the host right here, Kane Spade. We back in the building. You just heard that track, Bullshit, by uh, Mr. Cole right there. You know, they thought he was finished. You know, he's been going for a while, incarcerated, came back, telling us about the lowdown. I mean, damn, we had to get the lowdown for Mystical, though, huh? <laughs> you know the world is twisted now, huh? <laughs> it's going down, it's going down. But anyway, we got the speed round coming up. We got a few callers in the building. Once you hear your phone go on mute, you just go right in. So uh, you're going to be following me here, people. I'm going to present my piece, and then we're going to go straight to y'all. All right, let's see where I want to go here tonight. Hmm. All right, starts like this. A lot of people saying they're repping their street, their hood. Well, I'm repping me. Call me selfish, but those who are quick to say what they're repping are a percentage of who contributed to the community's destruction. Am I considered a role model? I say far from 100%, but given a chance, I'll drop consciousness to enlighten your mind. Dropping rhymes about how many hoes you fucked. Flashy cash saying I make unlimited bucks. Telling these kids that they out of luck. Think about the message that you present. Look at these videos with these stupid challenges. What's next? Rush roulette? You're the winner if you survive. I'm starting to agree with third world countries as a big percentage of the USA is lazy, is idiotic, is wasting their lives. Foreigners laughing, watching us, wishing the only problem was being bored. Wait, yes, I rip my hood by selling drugs, smoking my own product and killing ourselves. Some are quick to pull a race car to get out of jail. Yes, racism does still exist, but not involved in every issue. Think before you swing your fists, I'm ready to start a war for being this. Gang wars, yo, you best stay in your lane. Take aim, no, he's out of range. Nice chain, dude, look lame, die. Whooped his ass and stole his chain. Other countries, I'm hungry. Stop your car, this road, give me your keys, your money, I want it all. Stand with your family, buy a ditch, let loose and spray. I'm only 11, killing with my AK. New recruits get younger every day as we learn to kill on the first day. Show your loyalty by giving your own parents a spray. I'm deep in debt, but my daughter gotta pay. Now, part of human trafficking because her father pissed the life away. Selling people like a bag of chips, who cares as long as I'm rich by end of the day, who the fuck want to live this way, and sorry to say, but that's always on DSR, all damn day, next artist, Asada Shakur once said, nobody in the world, nobody in history has ever gained their freedom by appealing to the moral sense of the people who were oppressing them. (laughs) Freedom. I hope you come get some. How much wood can a white caucus chuck? How many chicken heads have they plucked? 
How many Catholic boys have they fucked? Yes, I'm jaded. Destined to be great, but my cheese feels grated like cheese for tacos. In my breath is life, love, liberty, and hope. But for all that can't inhale it for the veins full of dope and necks tied with ropes, I say, read my lips and take that last toke. Then take a leap, complete this moment of madness. Let's start this dream. We already overcame. Now let's overrun. They say the violent take it by force. Come and get some. Some of this rage that wades and stirs in red, white, and blue abyss. Grab your buckets and dip from the protesters that stand outside of abortion clinics. Supposedly proliferates yet spitting piss, fecal matter, and verbal bullets at women seeking support. I said the violent take it by force. Come and get some. Dip from this cauldron of hate that allow biracial non-blacks to defend hatred of race and presidential constituents say face, feeling no threat of killing potential votes because of their current state. Scoop from this vat of hot oil that parades as law enforcement who protect the protected that are pimped out for capitalist endorsements. Raise your hands if you're sure. That whatever false charge is alleged against you, justice will endure. We are the trees with tangled roots that drank the juice of strange fruit. Trees that like nations paved by our ancestry, yet thieves rule. Yeah, keep waving it off like she tripping. Can't let go, you live in the good life with cars, branded clothes, flaming men and sick women. They know you can't do the math, and by the time you figure out one minus one is exactly what you have, the revolution will be a fervent, blistering cyst that explodes all over your cars and clothes. Yes, the violent take it by force. Freedom? <laughs> I hope you come get some. Peace. Dead man's clothes <clears throat> found twisted in the wind, dust, dirt, sweat, wearing. In order to keep living, I wear dead man's clothes, suited for another battle, warm, so you know. Living in dead man's sleeves, strap up the leaf. Life was built, pulled tight, fortified steel, eyesight, street clothes, dead doors. So I could live with some demon who would believe, looking from the outside in, Penetrated these um, wearing those big fucking dead men clothes, heavy deadness, no place to be living. Boots, I'm walking, souls holding, 
unfamiliar wear, worn, tears, torn, death, pounds, the reality. He says it's unbecoming to me. Disheveled from within. It's been a rough year. Shed a skin, a time, a two. Appearing unfamiliar, skin newborn, those gathering storm clouds reflect through dark eyes. Drawn collar, walking, head upward, straight in dead man's clothes. Thanks for listening. That's what I'm talking about right there. I left both of y'all mics open, but before I go into that, Phantom DJ. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Exactly. (laughs) Definitely a great speed round right there, people. I definitely enjoyed this show here tonight. I just wanted to get some quick feedback from the last two callers, which is Stir and CB in the building. I mean, Stir, what did you think of the show? Is uh, Stir Charles that a driver still in the building? Ah oh, man, I was just talking. I had mute myself. Yes, I am. The, the show was dope. Definitely needed that that keeping that dialogue going, keeping it open, um, so that the thoughts are still there, are constantly there, and being addressed. And 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 we, you know, I mean, it it, it is what it is. We we have to, you know, stay woke, stay alive. Indeed, indeed, got a lot of consciousness. Off of this show right here, especially from y'all pieces. And uh, CB, same question, sir. Man, what, what I think is that, that you're doing a good thing because uh, most most shows, they just want to hear the poets uh, do their thing. But sometimes uh, you got to hear what, what's behind the poets by asking them questions, questions uh, pertaining to the pieces and questions pertaining to the current events. So, so the that that gets the, the 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 blood boiling and blood moving and and when you come out with your piece, you should, you should come out with a little bit more extra energy because you've been talking about something that you care about, you know. So that, that's a good thing, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's exactly what I was going for, and I think both of y'all for the feedback and for y'all support. And do y'all. Want to uh, add anything for the audience? Uh, y'all want to let people know how they can find y'all? Y'all want to let people know about any events y'all about to be a part of coming up? Now's the time to do so. Hey, well, of course, I'm always going to shout out my family, One Positive Way Radio. If you can find us on Facebook, One Positive Way, but also me, Charles Zeta Driver, a.k.a. Stir, on Facebook, also have uh, Strengthening Ties in the Races, with SURF stands for, so there's also a page. I would encourage you to like my page, Strengthening Ties in the Race. 
people post positive things there, good things, you know, thought-provoking things, and sometimes just humor, daily humor. So check me out, like me, friend me, and we can stay connected. All right, all right. CB, anything else to add to add on, sir? Yeah, uh, I can say Charles CB Banks, Facebook, Charles CB Banks. SoundCloud, Charles C.B. Banks, Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm out there trying to do my thing, trying to get on the stage and do my thing, do some artwork, do, do what I got to do creatively. That's what I'm doing. So, yeah, if you see me, say hello. All right, all right. You already heard them, people. Look up Sterichos at a drive on Facebook. Shout out to One Positive Way. Shout out to CB for his support. You know, inspiration going down. Shout out to everybody who called in and supported tonight's DSR. Presents, oh shit, Firing Tuesday. I want y'all to stay positive this week. Stay progressive. Keep doing your thing. New heights, new vision. That's what we're about on DSR. Good night. Everybody. Good
one was bad news. I know that it means you feel strange, huh? You was rather than to complain if you got what you was crying about. It could be your time and it might be. You can't do nothing about it. It's all good. That's just how life be. One thing is with you, then it's gone. And I'm serious. And you ain't never even gonna feel it until it hits home. That's when the pain runs sharp and deep again. Just when the day still flows in long. I know you're missing, so it's time to uplift and try to pick the pieces up and find a way to drive on. I think it's too Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.